Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today, we're going to be talking about what is probably one of the most underused, but it should be one of the most used tools to be successful in not only business, but in life. And that's listening. So please join me in welcoming Oscar Tromboli to our program today. Welcome, Oscar. Good day, Deb. I'm looking forward to listening to your questions today. Great. Well, as you can tell, Oscar is not here in the United States. This is one of the way cool things about technology. You are actually, it's the next day for Oscar. I love when we're, we're able to do that. It's like we're in a time warp thing. Um, but, you know, technology really is one of the really great things, but it has also, and we'll be talking about this, made listening more difficult and and much more of a skill that we don't even have anymore. So let me tell people just a little bit about you, Oscar, and then we'll jump into this. So Oscar Trimboli is a coach, supervisor, speaker, and author of Deep Listening, Impact Beyond Words, The 125-400 Rule, The Art and Science of Listening, and Breakthroughs, How to Confront Your Assumptions. Through his work with chairs, boards of directors, and executive teams in local, regional, and global organizations, Oscar has experienced firsthand the transformational impact leaders and organizations can have when they listen beyond the words. He consults to organizations including Cisco, Google, HSBC, News Corp, PayPal, Qantas, TripAdvisor, helping executives and their teams listen to what's unsaid by customers and employees. Oscar lives in Sydney with his wife, Jeannie, where he helps first-time runners and ocean swimmers conquer their fears. See, that's me. I'm, uh, no, ocean, uh, there's sharks out there. And contributes to the cure for cancer as part of CAN2, a cancer research charity. So again, Oscar, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, you've got more chance of getting hit by a bus on the sidewalk than you have of being taken by a shark, Deb. Too many people have watched Jaws and kind of, it's really programmed into their mind. Well, and I'm from Colorado, so you're completely landlocked. So I never went to an ocean until, I'll be honest, I think it was after I had seen Jaws. And, you know, I'll go in up to my knees, you know, and, and, but, but yeah, so I just have to come visit so we can take care of this. Yeah, well, uh, I learned to swim as an adult, so no excuses for you either. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I love it. Well, yeah, let's let's go back a little bit in time. We've been talking about you're ahead of me. I'm, you know, all these various things. How is it that you decided that listening and helping people learn how to listen better is your passion in life? I think listening decided for me. I don't think I decided. I think there was a series of events that I look back on in life where I go, ah, there was a signpost. There was a signal. Why weren't you Mm -hmm. paying attention? I grew up in an area of Sydney that was heavily populated by Mm -hmm. first-time migrants in uh, the time of the Vietnam War, Mm -hmm. people fleeing Eastern Europe, people fleeing South America and various different wars and struggles going on there as well and our school was close to an immigration uh, centre and Mm. at our school we had 23 nationalities and the only thing that unified us was a game of cards called Briscola which was an Italian card game Mm -hmm. played in pairs against another pair diagonally opposite and unfortunately I could only speak one language but most teams typically sat in their home tongue, whether it was Portuguese from Brazil or Polish or uh, coming from China or coming from uh, places like Argentina and Chile, those teams would be comfortably playing their own language. And I was at a disadvantage Mm -hmm. 
Memphis, I was often picked up as a spare player because there weren't enough players around. Mm -hmm. And what I learned from that is how to listen to body language, although mm -hmm. I couldn't understand their mm -hmm. words. I noticed really quickly their face, their facial expressions, okay. their hands, their inclination in their voice was giving away what was going on there. So I learned pretty quickly that although you can't speak the language, you can definitely listen to other things. Mm -hmm. Then if we wind the clock forward, uh, nearly a decade ago, I was sitting in a very complex budget negotiation on a video conference between Sydney, Singapore, and Seattle, our global and regional headquarters mm -hmm. at Microsoft, where I was a marketing director at the time. And our local leadership team was in the room, desperately trying to get the lowest budget possible, and the regional and global teams trying to give us the highest budgets mm -hmm. possible. At the 20-minute mark, my vice president turned to me, wrote a note in a notepad, and Tracy said, I need to see you after this meeting. And my heart sank. I know, you thought, oh, no. <laughs> and the only thing that was going through my head, Deb, was how many months of salary have I got mm -hmm. in the bank account? Because mm -hmm. mm, it's kind of like when your wife says you need to talk. Right. It's, it's, it's not a good sign. No. So after the meeting was concluded, I stayed behind. Mm -hmm. Tracy said to me, you know, at the 20-minute mark, you completely changed the trajectory of your meeting. Do you realize it's the way you listen that's one of your superpowers? And if you could code that, you could change mm -hmm. the world. And all that was going through my head was sheer relief that right. it wasn't the right. <laughs> And I, all, I, all I could say to Tracy in the moment was, do you mean code, code, or do you mean code? And she said, no, I mean code. So mm -hmm. what she meant was, could I write into software the way I listened? And then four weeks later, when we were having the exact opposite meeting, as the head office, we had to distribute our budgets to our states around the country. My CFO and chief operating officer asked me to observe the meeting they were part of, take notes and talk to them about how they could improve their listening. Mm -hmm. And I said to Brian and Tony, I, I got better things to do. I'm running a, bi a billion dollar budget hey. here. Mm -hmm. I, got, I got the biggest product set in, in Microsoft in this country. We're going through this big transition from moving from one-off software pricing to pay by, pay by the month. Mm -hmm. And you want me to teach you how to listen? And mm -hmm. they went, yeah. And I went, oh, really? Is this a thing? And, <laughs> and your body language went, you. <laughs> <laughs> and all I can remember was Tracy saying, if you could code this, you could change the world. So mm -hmm. for the next six months, I was part of Brian's leadership team meetings and I debriefed him on how to listen. And I had to start to notice what he was doing well and, and what he wasn't. Mm -hmm. And from that became the journey and the quest to create 100 million mm -hmm. deep listeners in the world, which mm -hmm. is where we're at today with you and your audience. Great. Well, now you talk about deep listening. What do you mean by that? Well, for a lot of us trained in the workforce, probably by the second, third decade of your career, you've had between five and seven courses in how to speak. And if you have had any training, you may have had training on this term called active listening. Mm -hmm. And active listening is great. It's, it's handy. It's useful. And it's about listening to what's said. Deep listening is about listening to what's said and listening to what's not said. Mm -hmm. Now, the neuroscience of this is fairly simple. I speak at 125 words a minute to 150 words a minute, yet I can think at up to 900 words a minute, Deb. Mm -hmm. So the likelihood the first thing out of my mouth is what I actually mean, mm -hmm. there's a one in nine chance that what I say is what I mean. Mm -hmm. Now, that's 11%. You get better odds at Las Vegas. Right. Mm -hmm. Yet most of us just listen to the first thing people say and mm -hmm. we're comfortable getting a conversation progressing with an 11% chance of success. Now, I don't know about you, Deb, but if I had an opportunity to ask somebody the next 150 words and the next 150 mm -hmm. words, there's a high likelihood that what they say the first time isn't what they actually are thinking. Right. 
and a deep listener helps the speaker understand what they really mean. Mm -hmm. And they do that with simple phrases. What else? Mm -hmm. Or tell me more? Mm -hmm. Or simply use silence. So deep listening is listening to what's unsaid. Right. Well, you know, I mentioned your books at the start, and I've got this great one. It's it's pretty cool. This is actually a box, and it's Deep Listening, Impact Beyond Words, and it contains your book, and then it contains some cards. And so we'll talk about the cards later, but here's the book. Very quick read, you know, and and but I and and when I read it last night, of course, one of the first things that I was it was funny, I was telling you this before the program. Listening actually is one of my problems. And part of that is my energy. I mean, I'm, I'm ready to go. Well, I'm going to fix those problems. I'm going to do all those things. And, you know, part of it is I'm going, oh, squirrel. <laughs> you know? And so I recognize that I don't listen as well as I should. Now, you know, according to your information, I, I'm not in a minority. In fact, I'm in a majority. Most people don't listen like we should. So why is that? Why do we, you know, and, and you know, yes, there is that squirrel, there is this, but why, why don't we listen to, as well as we should? You know, Deb, it's happening right now for those listening. They're completely distracted. Mm -hmm. They're running, they're commuting. Welcome back. Yes. 86% of us struggle with distraction. 86% mm -hmm. of us in our database of 1,400 listeners who volunteered themselves to be researched over a period of three years to understand if they're making progress on their listening journey. 86% of people say they struggle with distraction even before they get to the conversation, mm -hmm. let alone in the conversation. Right. For a lot of us, before we turn up to the conversation, we've got our own radio station playing mm -hmm. and it's tuned into a frequency of the last conversation we had or possibly the next task we need mm -hmm. to do or something we need to do this evening or something we need to do on the weekend or something we need to do with our children or our parents or a vacation we need to organise or it could just be something as simple as I wonder what I need to contribute to this conversation. Mm -hmm. Now, for a lot of us, just that simple distraction, we turn up to the conversation and we're not even available to mm -hmm. listen. Most people can see in colour, yet we listen in black and white and we mm -hmm. only listen on two dimensions. And the reason we do is because we don't understand the five levels of listening. Most people start by focusing on the speaker. And although that's useful, it's the wrong place to start. If you want to build a great listening foundation to avoid distraction, you need to start with listening to yourself. Mm. You need to be prepared mm -hmm. for the conversation. You'd never go to a concert. You'd never go to a cinema. You'd never go to the movies and turn up late and halfway through it go, oh, how is this actor related to that mm -hmm. actor? What's happening with the plot here? It's For most of us, we turn up to a conversation 20 minutes in and we're trying to fill in the gaps ourselves because we haven't tuned into the frequency mm -hmm. of the conversation. So, it, De Deb, if I could provide three simple tips sure. that people in our database have found useful they are very practical. They're very simple tips. Mm -hmm. Tip number one, switch off all electronic devices. Now, I know for some no, of you, you've phone. completely freaked out and done a deb and clutched it to her mm -hmm. heart. This little device is uh, useful until it isn't. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of us, when it comes to listening, switching our phone off is virtually impossible. We're, we're like a drug addict trying right. to go cold turkey. We're like an alcoholic before they go to AA. In about 2012, one of the vice presidents from my business at the time flew from Seattle to Sydney, uh, virtually a 24-hour flight, and I was hosting Peter in front of uh, 30 executives in a room Deb, and in that room, they were all CEOs of different technology organizations in our local market. And Peter ran a big business, 55,000 employees. Mm -hmm. 
uh, a couple of billion dollars in in revenue. So he was a busy guy. He mm-hmm. had lots on, and I introduced him. He sat at the head of the table, and as he was about to commence, he had this quizzical look on his face. And Peter stood up, walked over to his bag, took his cell phone out of his jacket pocket, switched it off and put it in his bag. And as he walked back to sit down, he faced everyone and said, my apologies. The most important thing I can give you right now is my attention. I hope we can start right now. Now, Mm -hmm. in that moment of role modeling, Deb, what do you think the rest of the room did? Hopefully. They, they turned off their phones or at least put them to mute and or you know, turned them upside down, put them somewhere where they weren't still attached to them. And now we're all leaders, whether we have the titles or not, and if we can role model things that gives attention rather than pay attention. Mm-hmm. For me, when I hear the words pay attention, it feels like that we have to pay tax. Right. Whereas giving attention comes mm-hmm. from a very human place. Mm-hmm. Now, of the room, there were three people who switched their phones to vibrate. The rest had switched them off. Mm. And after 45 minutes, Peter left the room and went to another part of the hotel for another group of leaders he was visiting at the time. And what the CEOs said to each other in the debrief was, For me, it was shocking at the time, but it was, again, another signpost that simply said, wow, that was the most different conversation we've had with a visiting leader from a head office in probably 25 years Mm -hmm. is what most people said. We got to hear each other's Mm -hmm. real problems and he wasn't there to sell us anything. And the, the group that formed out of that meeting. Now, some of these people were competitors. Right. Don't get me wrong. Mm. But they they started this group called the Peter Listening Group. And basically, they got together every six months and uh, they met in a coffee shop for breakfast. Mm -hmm. And the first thing they did, almost ritualistic, is they all said, please forgive me. The most important thing I can give you right now is my attention, and then they all switch their phones Mm -hmm. off. Now, if busy executives can do it, there's no reason we can't. But going cold turkey is hard. Mm -hmm. There's a brilliant book that was written uh, the year before last, and for for the last 12 months in a row, it's been the New York Times bestseller every single month. It's called Atomic Habits by James Clear. And this book is about breaking down habit change to its most simple, as he says, atomic level. Mm -hmm. So if you can't switch your phone off, Deb, Mm -hmm. switch the notifications off, switch those red dots off. Mm -hmm. If you can do that, great. Mm -hmm. Switch your phone to silent. Mm -hmm. If you've done that, great. Then switch your phone to flight mode. Mm -hmm. And then once you've done that, it'll be really simple to switch your phone off. Mm -hmm. Now, in that moment of giving people attention because you don't have the distraction, that also removes the likelihood that you would say, let's look that up on the phone rather Mm -hmm. than having a conversation. So if you want to double your listening productivity, tip number one of three is simply switch off your cell phone, your Mm -hmm. laptop, your tablet, whatever devices buzz, beep, or notify, um, switch them off. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're a prolific note taker and you need to take notes Mm -hmm. on those laptops and uh, tablets, that's okay. Just switch them into flight mode. Right. Turn everything else off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, tip number two, the deeper you breathe, the deeper you listen. So before the conversation starts, before you even turn up to the conversation, just take three simple deep breaths in through your nose, down the back of your throat, all the way to the bottom of your lungs. Hold just for a second and then out through your mouth. Now, it's really simple to do, but it will change the state of your thinking in that moment. Now, if you can do it for more than three breaths, great. If you can do it for a minute, awesome. Now, 
the most commented on change in the 2015 Google employee survey was a process they adopted. If there were more than six people at the meeting, the first meeting minute of the meeting was complete silence. Wow. And it was the most commented on thing in the employee survey mm. that year. It wasn't about the stock price. It wasn't about pay. Mm. It was about the fact that these meetings became more productive. Now, mm. again, if an organisation as complex, as sophisticated, dealing with really big problems as Google can take a moment before every meeting, just one minute, for everybody to empty their mind, mm -hmm. collect their thoughts for the current meeting, we can too. Mm -hmm. You can do it too. And then the third one, a hydrated brain is a listening brain. Mm. So drink a glass of water for every half an hour that you're talking to somebody. As Deb proudly lifts her glass up and shows me that she's got water. Now, if you drink coffee, you're going to have to drink an extra glass of water. And when I step into a building where I'm visiting a client, Deb, the, I just bring this practice in. The minute I cross the lobby floor, that's my signal for me to go, okay, I'm now here to mm -hmm. serve somebody else. Mm -hmm. I'm here to serve my client. So that's a signal for me to switch off my cell phone, put it in my bag. Mm -hmm. Then when I step into the lift, I have two choices. If there's nobody in the lift, I can close my eyes and take three deep breaths. Mm -hmm. If there are people in the lift and they don't want me to look too weird, I'll um, I'll keep my eyes open, but I'll look at my shoes mm -hmm. and I'll simply take three deep breaths. Now, you don't have to be like a yoga instructor. Right. <sighs> you know, you know it's, that's not what I'm talking We're not about. Birth. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very simply three deep breaths in mm -hmm. through as I described earlier on. Unfortunately, I have uh, um, a, not a great a left ear. I burst an eardrum when I was quite young. Mm. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was going up to the 46th story of the building at about the 38th. I was doing oh. this breathing thing and my ear mm -hmm. popped. So I had to step out, go to, go to the restroom and mm -hmm. take my three deep breaths. And then I announced myself at reception. Mm -hmm. And when I announced myself at reception, they usually offer me some kind of refreshment. Mm -hmm. And I always request, look, I'd love to have water mm -hmm. and water for my guests, ideally a jug mm -hmm. of water. Right. Now, those three simple things will triple your listening productivity. Mm. Now, they sound so basic. They sound so simple. Yet I remember speaking to a group of leaders in a Japanese company here in Australia about two years ago. And the CEO did a, a very generous introduction and he introduced me and he'd explained he'd read the book. And all he said was, listening is very simple to do. It's very difficult to practice. And for a lot of us, we just need to take a mm -hmm. step forward rather than trying to be perfect straight away. Mm -hmm. So tip number one, switch off the device. Tip number two, breathe deeply. Tip number three, drink water. Mm -hmm. If you do that, you'll triple your listening productivity. Right. Yet most of us don't get past the device. Mm -hmm. As oh, you yeah. were doing earlier, Deb, mm -hmm. you clutched your mobile for I yourself. might miss something. You might miss mm -hmm. something. But bear in mind, as I said earlier on, the, the, the phone is productive until it's not. Mm -hmm. And please be aware that the, the application development industry or the app industry uses the same psychological techniques that are used on slot machines in mm -hmm. Las Vegas to keep your mind distracted while mm -hmm. keeping you pressing the button. Right. So they, they are using you until you become conscious of it. So mm -hmm. right now, as you're focused on this conversation, uh, that simple act of moving the cell phone mm -hmm. notifications off is the very first thing that you mm -hmm. can do on that right. journey. Right. You know, and it hasn't been that long ago that we did not have cell phones glued to us. And we were perfectly fine. The world didn't come to an end. If there was an emergency, people knew how to reach us. You know, so you gave, you know, you had the, the receptionist had your phone number, whatever it was. 
But, you know, the world really revolved just fine when we weren't attached to our phones. Um, Now, it's funny because I have mine here sitting here, but I have it here because it has the timer going. Um, Mm. But I turn everything else off. Mm -hmm. Deb have a phone. She loves her phone so much. She's got a special little thing stuck to the back of it so she can hold it even easier. I do. It's, you know, it's, yeah, see, Mm -hmm. makes it, makes it easier. Um, (laughs) You know, and, and it's funny because anytime I go into a meeting or something, I, I at least mute it so that it's not making rude, obnoxious noises. And then I'll forget to turn it back on and I'll spend half a day thinking nobody loves me because it's not making those noises. Um, but we do, we get used to it. You know, how many people, and, and I'm guilty of this, you know, on occasion too, have it right next to us as we're sleeping and it's the first thing we reach out for. You know, when we wake up in the morning, it's, you know, what's going on? What, you know, what email did we have? And again, you know, it, it, we can get up, we can have our coffee, we can, you know, have our, you know, our, our meditation time, read the paper, whatever it is, before we check our email. You know, and, and, and I tell people, if they really need to reach me, they need to call. Because everything else I might not pay attention to, sometimes even for 24 hours, um, you know, and, and, but it's interesting, you know, <clears throat> before we started the program, I was talking about the fact that this, this, I think, you know, and, and computers too, have made listening such a problem because we text, we email, we leave voicemails. I mean, how many times do we time when we're calling somebody so that we know they're not there? And we leave a message because we don't want to talk to them. Oh, oh, no, don't want to talk to them. I mean, even if it's a a good reason. And part of that is because we think, oh, it'll take too much time, you know, all these various things. But we've gotten away from actually having conversations with people. You know, I have people who have told me that the only way I am to communicate with them is text. They don't want emails. They don't want phone calls. They don't want anything. Well, you know, I'm okay with texting, but that's not the best way to reach me. But, you know, they, they don't want to be bothered by anything else. Now, it's, you know, I tell people you need to, especially with your customers, you know, you need to find what is the best way they want to be communicated with. But, you know, we still need to get back to actually talking to them and then listening to what they say. Because, of course, the problem is when we don't, that's where, as your book points out, we have so many misunderstandings. We, you know, so many, uh, we don't get the message right. We don't even get the right questions, you know, let alone the right message. All of those various things, because we're so busy sending that text message where I'm not even quite sure what they said because they abbreviated a bunch of stuff, Um, you know, and, and so we need to get back to having conversations with people. And for a lot of us, we don't need to learn to listen. We need to unlearn everything we've learned since Mm -hmm. we were born. Right. at 20 weeks inside our mother's womb, Deb, we could distinguish our mother's voice from any other sound in the outside mm. world. And quite simply, that's genetically programmed mm-hmm. into us. So we know where to get food right. when we come mm-hmm. come out into mm-hmm. the world. But at 32 weeks, we can distinguish Beethoven from Bon Jovi from Beaver. Mm. So at 32 weeks, we're already learning to listen. Our mm-hmm. first skill that we ever learn is the skill to listen. Mm-hmm. And ironically, if you're relatively healthy, the last skill you will lose as you pass away will be your gift of listening as mm. well. Mm-hmm. Yet the moment we are born, in fact, the timing of your birth certificate is defined by the time you scream. Ah. That moment you scream mm-hmm. coming into the world, that's a mm-hmm. sign of life. Mm-hmm. And yet we spend the rest of our life thinking the only way we can have an impact is being noticed by speaking. Mm-hmm. So what I say to everybody is listening is your birthright and you just need to go back to the time that you were very curious as a young person mm-hmm. where you're listening for everything. You were not only listening for what was people were saying, but you were also listening for how people were saying it Mm -hmm. as well. It's interesting that the context you described, Deb, about what we call low-context communication, send me a text message, send me an email, is something that's more prevalent in Western Mm -hmm. context than it is in Eastern context Mm -hmm. or ancient cultures. So Chinese, Japanese, Koreans, 
ancient cultures like the Inuit or Amazonian cultures from the jungles of the Amazon or in Australia, the Aboriginal communities or in um, New Zealand, the Maori communities, mm-hmm. all these communities have a great relationship with storytelling. Mm-hmm. That's oral storytelling. Right. And why it's so potent is that the storytelling cultures of the earth are the listening cultures of the mm-hmm. earth as well because storytelling is training people in how to be patient, in how to listen. Mm-hmm. The other thing these cultures have is a great relationship with silence. Now, silence is one of the most powerful things you can do while listening, yet most people feel like the minute somebody stops, it's like a vacuum for your lips to start a conversation. Now, only in the West do we have these phrases called pregnant pause or Mm -hmm. awkward silence or deafening silence. In the East, for example, silence is a sign of of wisdom, it's a sign Mm. of authority, Mm -hmm. it's a sign of respect, it's a sign of unifying the community and the tribes. And for a lot of us, we are very, very, very uncomfortable with high-context conversations, meaning verbal conversations that are Mm face-to-face as opposed to the synchronous dialogue via electronic means, how many misunderstandings are amplified by people reading into things in mm-hmm. an email that were never intended right. or the opposite. Mm-hmm. For a lot of us, the simplest thing we can do is pick up the phone and have a conversation mm-hmm. and, and ask the person, I'm, I'm, I'm curious what you meant by that. Mm-hmm. And, and very quickly, the confusion the conflict, the chaos that's created by these synchronous communications devices will be removed. And people say to me, Oscar, doesn't this take longer? And I always say, compared to what? Compared to all those emails you're sending Mm -hmm. yourself? Mm -hmm. In the beginning, it takes a little longer, but long term, it takes a lot less. Mm -hmm. Projects that run over schedule often a result of lack of listening, missed Mm -hmm. customer sales, often a result of lack of listening. Uh, Employees that leave the organisation, most people say they don't leave their organisation, they leave their manager. And the number one reason why people leave their manager is they say they're being ignored and not Mm -hmm. listened to. Now, whether we look at the deep water horizon off the coast of Louisiana, not too far from you, in fact, Deb, Mm -hmm or we look at the global financial crisis, there were people who were saying there were problems with the oil rig to management Mm -hmm. well before the oil rig started to fail and create $50 billion worth of damage for Mm -hmm. BP. The global financial crisis, Dr. Rajan, uh, a vegetarian who loved reading Tolkien, who was an electrical engineer by training, spoke at the Jackson Hole, Wyoming Central Bankers Conference in 2005, three years before the mm-hmm. global crisis, and used this magical phrase, the global financial system's plumbing is backed up and are about to explode and the smell will be terrible. What an amazing visual image, but... When he presented that paper on, on the Saturday morning around 10.30, he was castigated by right. US and European mm-hmm. central bankers because he wasn't, of, he wasn't a classically trained economist. And for mm-hmm. a lot of us, we ignore opinions that aren't the same as ours. So mm-hmm. one of the things we need to do is explore what's different in other people's um, language and ask, oh, what's that about, rather than ignoring it and saying, of course, they're wrong. Mm -hmm. And we can't do that on email. We can't do that on text. Mm -hmm. We need to have this asynchronous dialogue Mm -hmm. like we're having right now. Right. Right. You know, and you, it it doesn't count if you put an emoji or an LOL or any, no, you know, that, that, that's not having a good conversation. It's, it's a little bit better than text, but as I said, mm-hmm. you know, nothing's going to, nothing's going to beat this. I, I, I'm re- this conversation remind me of a, of a client I was working with. Mick was a, a CEO and I was working with him on a 90 day listening program to help him improve his listening in his organization. And, and I remember because I, I got this phone call about eight fifteen on a, on a Monday morning 
And Mick said to me, you nearly cost me my marriage last Friday. Oh. And all I said was, tell me more. Mm -hmm. And he said, my wife had put the kids to bed. I'd cleared the dinner table. And she sat down at the dinner table when she'd come downstairs from putting the kids to bed and said those magical words. We need to talk. (laughs) We need to talk, Mick. Fear was racing through his body. He was very much in a tense situation. So he sat down next to his wife and she said, I can handle it. Just tell me the truth. Who are you having an affair with? And in that moment, all he could think of was, tell me more, mm-hmm. which is one of the things we Right, one of the things of you time. say that we should do. Mm-hmm. His wife in that moment said, for the, for the last 90 days, I know you're having an affair. I know you're covering something up because you're paying me so much attention. And in that moment, Mick put his hand on her hand and said, it's not what you think. And she threw his hands out of the way, Mm -hmm. screamed at him and said, just tell me the truth. Mm -hmm. Who is it? And he said, Oscar. And and Mick (laughs) Mick is a bit of a a, a troublemaker. He said, all right, I'm going to tell you the truth, but don't be shocked. She goes, I can handle it. He goes, it's a man. (laughs) And in that moment, she burst into tears because she finally discovered what was going on. And mm-hmm. he went, no, 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 it's not It's not that. Mm-hmm. I've been working with this man for the last 90 days to improve my listening. And she breathed out and she relaxed. And she said something that when Mick explained it to me, stays with me for the rest of my life. She said, Mick, I've never felt sexier than I have in the last 90 days oh. for the whole of our 12 years of mm-hmm. marriage just because you've been paying me so much attention. Now, what happened next was completely R-rated and I can't go on right, to describe right. what we, he we told We can kind me. of go there. Mm-hmm. But, but, but Mick said to me, and I always warn my clients, please don't try this at home. The, the, what I've told you is for the workplace and it might mm-hmm. have some unintended consequences mm-hmm. in your home life. And as he went to explain what was going on over the next couple of weeks and shared with his wife the techniques that they were using, um, I don't think anything I create is about improving relationships at home, but as a side benefit, Mm -hmm. the techniques you use to improve your listening will have an impact in the workplace, Mm -hmm. but also it'll have an impact on relationships at mm-hmm. home, whether it's with your parents or your significant other, your children, uh, might be even your own siblings. You see, Deb, listening is situational mm-hmm. and it's relational. Mm-hmm. Y- you'll, you'll listen differently to uh, a policeman than, than you will to a fireman. Mm-hmm. You'll listen differently to a nurse than you will to a doctor. You will listen differently to a lawyer than you will listen to an accountant. Mm. You'll listen differently to your mother than you will your daughter. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of us, we just need to be conscious that we will listen differently in different situations. Mm-hmm. But what gets in our way? Our listening villains. Our listening villains get in our way consistently. Our listening villains have come out of the research from the 1,410 people we were talking about earlier on. And one of the things we have is all four of these listening villains in us. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not who we are. It's just how we listen. So I'm always conscious of labels. Labels are productive until they're not. So maybe you'll discover which one of these uh, listening villains frustrates you the most while you're listening to them. There's four listening villains, the dramatic listener, the interrupting listener, the lost listener, and the shrewd listener. The dramatic listener loves listening to your conversation. They listen for emotion. They listen to feel, and they're, and they're listening for the drama in your story. Mm-hmm. And no matter what story you tell, they're going to tell a story that's more dramatic. We're going through a terrible merger at work. It's really difficult. Well, you think your merger is bad. Let me tell you about the merger we had. 
oh, I've got the world's worst boss. Oh, you think you've got a bad boss? Let me tell you about mine. So the dramatic listener loves your story because it creates a stage for them to perform Mm -hmm. on and bring more drama to the conversation. The interrupting listening villain is a problem solver. They're there to help, but in their desire to help, they fix the wrong problem. The minute they breathe out as the speaker, the interrupting listener thinks that's their commercial break to intervene with a solution. Now, most people haven't explained what their real problem is and the interrupting listener is already jumping in, Mm -hmm. in their enthusiasm, in their excitement to bring a solution to the next thing that the speaker is going to say. The third listening villain is the lost listener. They're stuck. They're stuck before a conversation listening to their own story in their own head. Mm. They're lost trying to figure out should they be here? What should they contribute? Mm -hmm. They're lost. They're trying to figure out their place in this story. And the lost listener looks really vague. Um, They look really zoned out. Mm -hmm. They look like they shouldn't be there. Um, But they're trying hard and they're trying to stay in the moment. In fact, they might just be distracted in that moment and get lost by the story you're telling them because it reminds them of some other event that happened in their past. And then the final villain, the shrewd listener. The shrewd listener is amazing. They give great nonverbal signals. They tilt their head. They say, mm-huh. They say, tell me more. They seem genuinely curious. But if there was captioning on what was going on in their brain at the time, what you would see in the captioning is, oh, my goodness, this is such a basic problem. I wish they'd hurry up and describe it because I can solve it pretty quickly because I'm a really good expert in that problem. And I can't believe they haven't anticipated problem two, three, and four that Mm -hmm. come around as a result of that. Disproportionately represented in the medical profession, the legal profession, the accounting profession, the sales profession, any support function such as human resources Mm -hmm. or IT, the shrewd listener consistently solves the wrong problem because they are anticipating all the other problems Mm -hmm. that the person might have. Now, while you're listening to the dramatic and interrupting, the lost and the shrewd listener, think about the listener that you hate the most, the one that frustrates you the most, the one that really annoys you. Who comes to mind, Deb, for you? Oh, it's funny. It's the interrupting and I'm an interrupting. I mean, I've interrupted you several times, um, you know, and, and, and maybe it's that, well, I don't want to be interrupted. So, you know, but, but yeah, the interrupting I think is, is the one that annoys me the most. Yeah. And you've, beautifully shown to all of us the one you can relate to the most is most likely the one you are because it's very difficult to discover the characteristics in listening villains unless you are close to them Mm -hmm. themselves if you want to take the listening quiz yourself you can visit listeningquiz.com and uh, there's a simple set of questions and you'll discover who your listening villains are and three simple steps to do something Mm -hmm. about that as well. Now, for me, I'm a shrewd listener at work and I'm a lost listener at home. Mm -hmm. So that's how listening shows up as situational Mm -hmm. and relational. At home, we have complete chaos on the weekend. We have grandchildren over and we have in-laws over and we have lots going on and If I hear the story about the camera lens settings from my brother-in-laws one more time, it's like I feel like I could tell the story myself and I get completely lost. Mm -hmm. You know, my idea of a camera is a cell phone and their idea of a camera is uh, something very complex, very sophisticated. And for me, I get lost in those kinds of conversations. And yet at work, my challenge as as a listener, I'm not perfect, far from it. That's why I'm teaching it. I'm trying to teach myself as much as anybody else. I show up as a shrewd listener and my work is to slow down 
pause and be present in the moment and I use the water as a way. The minute I go, I'm solving the problem, I drink the water and that creates a circuit breaker in my brain mm -hmm. to remind me to listen fully to the person. And that might help you too if you're an interrupting listener or a shrewd listener, just drink water while they're describing the problem. That will slow your mind down mm -hmm. just a little bit longer. So for most of us, Deb, we can relate to one of those four. The good news is we have all elements of those four villains in us and they show up at different times. Mm -hmm. Men generically listen to fix and women generically listen to feel. Mm -hmm. So for the men out there listening, stop trying to fix your women. They aren't broken. Just listen. Right. You know, and, and how many times when you ask someone, you know, a, a woman, what do they want in a man? They will tell you, I want someone who listens especially mm. once they get a little older. <laughs> and apparently that makes them really sexy. Mm -hmm. Right, right. <laughs> you know, it was funny when you were mentioning the shrewd listener. I really did think of sales and marketing people because mm. we're told, find someone's pain and solve it. You know, that's, that's what we're creating our product or our service for. And because we know what that is, we leap ahead in that conversation, um, you know, and, 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 and we're, we are just really trying to be helpful, but it could be that, the, and, and in many cases it probably is, that they either, you know, that's, that's just the start of the problem or they solve that. And as you said, most of the time we don't start with what really the issue is. So, you know, if we're, if we're leaping ahead and solving the problem, we never even heard their problem. Yeah, and I was lucky enough to be trained by three great salespeople. Uh, interestingly enough, all had Scottish heritage, one first generation, one second generation, and one third generation. So I don't know what it is about Scottish and selling, but uh, I'm very grateful for the lesson they taught me. And each of them, Andrew and Harry and Harry, both called Harry, said something really powerful to me once. They said, if you can describe the customer's problem more eloquently to them than they can. They already think you have the solution despite the fact you might not. Mm -hmm. So in simply being able to empathise with that person, to be in that moment, to take a little bit longer and ask what else or tell me more, becomes quite, quite crucial. Oh, we're going back now to 2012 where I was running a workshop with about 12 people in it it was a leadership team Deb and it was one of those very narrow rooms it was quite dusty it wasn't set up ideally for a workshop and it was about 10 to 12 and the CEO looked at me and said lunch is coming at 12 and I said that's the plan on our agenda mm -hmm. and we were we were doing a really simple exercise with the leadership team describe this organization as an animal and we'd got through 10 11 people and they all described this organization as some kind of swooping bird of prey an osprey an eagle something that moved fast something mm -hmm. that could soar high something that could have great eyesight and we're now at 12 o'clock and we still have one person to go, Deb. The CEO is looking at me. If we were in a comic strip, he'd have laser beams exploding mm -hmm. my head. He's, because he's gone. He's doing exactly <laughs> what, what Deb was just doing. He pointed to his watch and said, the food's coming in. And we haven't heard from the last person, Elaine. Elaine mm -hmm. was a card-carrying member of the introvert community. Mm. How do you know a card-carrying member of the introvert community? You often say, hey, put your hand up if you're an extrovert, and then you have to say, no, no, I said put your hand up, not stand up. And then if you're a kind of omnivert, you'll probably put your hand up if you ask who are the introverts. Card-carrying members of the introvert community will never identify themselves. They'll mm -hmm. never put their hand up. Right. And Elaine was one of those people. Now, I just turned to her and I just gestured with my left palm out as if to say, you know, we'd, I'd like to make an invitation mm -hmm. for you to speak. And all she could say was, 
it seemed really obvious to me where a snake. Hmm. Now, in that moment, the tension in the room went up dramatically. Deb, what's going through your mind when you think about the characteristics of a snake? Slimy, nasty, poisonous. Hmm. Anything else? Oh, uh, restrictive, you know, like a boa. You know, they're going to squeeze the life out of you. Yeah, so generally negative, negative. Mm -hmm. Cold-blooded might be, you know. Cold-blooded, yeah. So I stepped beside Elaine and simply said, tell me more. And Mm -hmm. she said, well, I thought it was obvious because snakes anticipate and they do that by sensing ahead Mm -hmm. and they shed their skin. And one thing we've always done well is we have sensed ahead for our customers and we've shed our skin to evolve to what Mm. we needed to for our customers and we've forgotten that. Now, what you don't know about Eileen is her cultural background is Chinese and Mm. the Chinese have a very different relationship with snakes. Right, very positive. Than we we do in the West. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, a, a huge conversation started and at 12.32, I remember this because it's kind of tattooed in my brain, we finished that conversation which was supposed to stop at noon. Mm-hmm. And the CEO stood up and said, it's time for lunch, but I'm really grateful that we had this conversation because it's opened up new mm-hmm. possibilities for us. And that organisation transformed its growth profile not only because of that conversation, Mm -hmm. but probably some extent listening to voices that aren't heard and Mm -hmm. listening to differing opinions. Now, they quickly used snakes as code names for their product releases. They had snake beanie toys. They started telling those stories in internal meetings. Mm -hmm. But again, how many people don't we listen to that have got great Mm -hmm. stories that can change our perspective, that can have an impact beyond words, Mm -hmm because we're too busy with this arbitrary timeline mm-hmm. at noon to get sandwiches because we mm-hmm. thought we were hungry. Right. Well, and, you know, I had a negative impression of snakes and she had a positive impression of snakes, you know, and, and so that's another, you know, and, and, and so, you know, I would have had to have listened to her to see why she was saying, no, no, this is a good thing. Mm. And again, most of us don't take that time. Right. Because... We're too busy solving. We're too busy wanting mm-hmm. to get our opinion across. We're just too busy. And again, if you just take the moment, drink that glass of water, pause. Now at the lunch break while the CEO was having uh, his lunch, he made a point to come into the room where I was reorganizing um, butcher paper and a whole bunch of sticky notes that we've been using for the afternoon session He goes, I was so angry with you and what I realised was I was just angry at myself for not pausing and taking the time to hear from everybody on my leadership team. Mm -hmm. I simply said to him, I said, Ian, how deliberate are you from hearing from everybody who's invited to the team meeting or are you just deliberate in listening to the people who speak the most? Mm Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I'm guilty of that. I'm one of those people that speak the most. So, you know, you've taught me a valuable lesson today. Well, I said, well, I think Elaine is the one who's kind of taught you that valuable lesson, not me. And we just need to come to situations where we're comfortable to just wait long enough to hear from everybody Mm -hmm. because you never know what you'll hear. Right. Well, and, you know, we want to hear our 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 opinion echoed back to us you know how many times has you know has the ceo or the leader of you know whatever it is they only want to hear the people who are going to tell them what they want to hear and so even if you're a person who has a different viewpoint you either know okay he's not going to call on me or he's not going he doesn't want to hear what i have to say or i could really get in trouble if i say it um yeah. you know and and so that's one of the big issues is you know giving people the the opportunity to be able to have that diverging viewpoint and and be able to comfortably and safely say it. 
And as somebody who works with chairs, boards, leadership teams, CEOs very regularly, one of their biggest frustrations is the minute they move into these leadership roles, they're not able to hear mm -hmm. what they need to to move the organisation right. forward because most people believe what you've just said, Deb. Mm -hmm. They have their own filters on and they believe that they need to tell the leaders what they want to hear. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you deep water horizon accident, they were telling the leader the truth. The leader just mm -hmm. didn't want to hear it on, right. on the on the oil rig. And mm -hmm. that had huge consequences, not only financial, but 11 lives lost mm -hmm. because right. leaders weren't listening. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, one of the things you mentioned, and, and I've been thinking about this the whole time we've been having this conversation is the room that you were in and how it didn't always, you know, facilitate, you know, good conversation. And I realized that how I have this interview set up doesn't always facilitate good conversation. And for those who are just listening to this, Oscar has a black backdrop and that's it. Just that, that is the only thing that's there. I have all sorts of things behind me, you know, and, and there's, there's a little fuzzy puppy and there's logos, there's a picture, there's words, all these various things, which I think makes it look interesting because those are things that are important to me. But as we were talking, I thought, how distracting is that? You know, to, to the person that I'm talking with, you know, and, and whether it's, you know, in person like we're doing here, um, you know, uh, tr or true face-to-face -face with somebody who is actually in my office, are they going to get so distracted looking at what's around me that they're not going to listen or they're, or I'm also not going to be listening to them? And so I was just thinking, you know, if you really want somebody to listen, you know, we need to simplify things. And, and you made it very simple. One of the things you did was you whispered. And it's fine because there used to be that commercial here in the United States. If you want to get someone's attention, you whisper. And, you know, and that, that is kind of that too. You know, you get their attention. Um, unfortunately, we are almost at the top of the hour. Oh my gosh, Oscar, this has just been so cool because we didn't talk about pauses. And, you know, and, and, and I really want to talk about that. So we just need to, to have you on again because there are so many other things. We also didn't get to talk about your fabulous product um, because one of the things that's in this handy dandy box are these cards. There, there are all these cards in here. And since we didn't have time to talk about them, I'm just going to show them and tell people that they are available, but we'll have to have you on again so that we can really talk about the importance of these cards. Because when I was going through them, I thought, oh, these are really pretty cool. I like these. Um, so, you know, it's, it's going to be fun to, to have you on again to talk more about this. Because as we said, you know, listening is something that we don't do. And even when we do it, we don't do it well. Um, you know, and, and so I look forward to having you on again. But tell us a little bit more about what you do and how you can work with people to improve their listening. Look, the simplest thing for everybody, if they want to take another step in their journey to becoming a better listener each day, is just visit listeningquiz.com. That will give you access to the book, the playing cards, the jigsaw puzzle, the Apple award-winning podcast where we interview professional and personal listeners like high court judges, FBI hostage negotiators, journalists, palliative care nurses, doctors, deaf interpreters, foreign language interpreters. Uh, so you can, you can access this. But listening quiz will also help you start on the journey to take the quiz and start you on the journey to knowing who your villain is mm -hmm. so you can start to do something about it. Listening is your birthright. Listening is something you need to not learn but just go back and unlearn all the stuff that's mm -hmm. around you right now. So take the time and listeningquiz.com is the starting place for that journey, Dan. Perfect. I love it. Well, is that where people would reach out and connect with you? Yep, all those kind of social things and LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter stuff, that's all there in at listeningquiz.com. Perfect. I love it. Well, you know, this really has been fascinating and 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 I think just so important because as I said at the start, I'm not a good listener. So, you know, the more that that we can all work on this, I think the better it will be. Um, you know, we I don't want to be the interrupting listener. 
Um, you know, and, and, you know, and, and so, you know, it's going to be so much fun to have you on again, but until then, you know, tell us again, how people find you and connect with you. Listeningquiz.com is the starting place for your listening journey. And that will be the simplest place to do that. Thanks for playing today. Perfect. You've been a great listener, Deb. I've tried. I've tried. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, until then, do you have any final thoughts for everyone? Listening's your birthright. It's it's something as simple as switching off your cell phone, your laptops, and your tablets. If you want to double your listening productivity and move from listening in black and white to listening in color, that's the simplest thing. You'll double your listening productivity. Just switch off your cell phone. Oh, I love it. And you know, like we said, folks, the world will not come to an end. And I tell you what, you're probably going to feel better in the long run for missing a lot of that stuff. Your blood pressure will go down. You'll be able to breathe deeply. You know, all these various things. So, you know, don't turn it off now because we want you to, yeah, we want you to catch the program. Um, But until next time, I'm Deb Creer. I've been having an absolutely wonderful time talking with Oscar Trimboli and everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.